Hello, everyone. Mystic Chick here. It's about that time to grab a Perla Negra, Magic the Gathering, or a color-changing martini and get settled into a big, puffy cloud of positive energy to contemplate another morsel of mystic goodness. So tonight is going to be very exciting. I am I am really psyched about this episode. We are going to be talking with Joe Diamond. He's a mind reader and so much more. He's a world record holder, all-around mystical adventurer. He's uh, one of the Midwest's hidden gems and has accomplished some amazing feats that defy logic and possibly gravity. Hear about his fascinating journey into the mystical, as well as how to experience his incredible feats live, both in person and virtually, for an unforgettably mind-bending night. And Joe Diamond is also, he's a world record holder for solving the world's largest corn maze blindfolded. We're going to have to ask about that tonight. That is that is pretty awesome. Um <laughs> And I don't even understand this, but he apparently hacked the Pentagon without a computer on live radio. So definitely need to uh, find out more about that. Uh, he currently is the longest artist in residence at the Dole Mansion in Crystal Lake, which is thought to be haunted. And uh, I know that a lot of people have experienced some very haunted vibes there and seen things. So it's a very, very cool place to be. And I'm also there. I love the Dole Mansion. And he's the official mind reader also at the Maxwell Mansion in Lake Geneva, Wisconsin. So both extremely historic buildings. And he's appeared on... All sorts of places, honestly. ABC, WGN, Netflix, The Today Show, Showtime. So, so excited to have him on tonight. <laughs> Hello, Joe Diamond. How are you tonight? I'm good. Can you hear me? Yes. Yes, we can. All hear right. You. Huzzah. <laughs> the, the, the technology is, is, is working. Technology does not like me, which is not great for a. 21st century mystic but we're, we're here we made it we i actually have a theory on that because like if you're like so sensitive with like other realms that it just like messes with the electrical charges of things no joke whenever i'm checking out at places everything takes a little longer or i've got to swipe my card twice or <laughs> all that's it happens all the time i i have to wear solar powered watches because I melt the batteries of regular watches. Oh Literally, I, I, I've got some in my studio. Next next time, uh, next time we're both in, I'll, I'll show some of them to you. Like one of them just like rusted out the back and like popped it out. And I've had I, I couldn't keep a watch for more than a year to the day after. And now uh, now that I switched to solar powered watches, it stopped. So I don't know what that means. Oh uh, it means I'm the worst X-Men. I think that's what it means. <laughs> well, Quartz, you know, maybe you and Quartz, have you have you worked on your relationship with Quartz? <laughs> that's that's possible. That is possible. I didn't think about the Quartz angle. Hmm. <laughs> maybe you're just like harnessing it too much. There's too much power. There's, there's too much power from the quartz. Again, no, no matter which way you slice it, like that's the other reason why, like, yeah, I always say, like, oh, I like being 
open to the mystery. I don't need it explained. But also because I don't want to admit I'm the worst X-Men. <laughs> <laughs> So um, we have so much to talk about tonight, but normally we um, kind of discuss the, because I try to do themed drinks and cocktails for every episode. Are you, are you game for, I tried to pick magical drinks. Yes. Yes. <laughs> so I'm going to have to kind of get your opinion. I, I usually choose three unless there's something really, really crazy going on and it needs more than that. But um, so we have three to choose from and you'll have to figure out which one you would actually go for. The first one is a Perla Negra. And I believe that's under the category of cocktails that glow. <laughs> okay. Like glow in the dark. <laughs> I am still trying to understand this, <laughs> but um, it says that it's a pitch black blend of Santa Teresa 1796 rum, Eric, which I don't even know what Eric is, A-R-A-K, calamansi lime, orange juice, honey, activated charcoal, and ginger packed into a crystal skull glass and topped with crushed ice. And then a votive candle is put in the middle of the ice. Wow. Okay. Like, crazy? Man, uh, love, it. love it. Okay. All right. So, so currently, so there's three, and I haven't heard the other two. So currently, that's at number one. So, yeah. Ten, well, but it's also in the last place, too. So we'll, we'll see how it goes. Do you have something? To, <laughs> I'm not even going to ask. But do you, how do you feel about rum? Like, are you a rum person? Um, I don't drink a ton. I mean, I, I, I do occasionally. Um, I've done rum. I've done some uh, some bourbon. Um, I really, really like uh, really like old fashions. Like, ooh, very like old school. My, 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 yeah, old school. Drink a choice with like cherries and cinnamon and you know, just you know, all that. So so yeah. So I'm feeling good about that one. I would I would if you gave me that drink, absolutely. If, if someone in like a Ghostbusters outfit offered me that drink, as much as I love Ghostbusters, I, I, I would, I would ask them to drink it first. That's how. It <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I could see that, that, that could be an issue. It's a little yeah. crazy. All right. So the next one is, it's called Magic the Gathering. And this one is a gin drink. So I don't know if gin is, if you place that higher than rum or if they're kind of the same for you. Mm -hmm. I yeah, I, I haven't done too much gin. I've done some. Um, definitely more, more rum than gin, I'll say that much. Okay. So this one is gin. Um, it's, this, some of the stuff I've like never heard of. Like I need to go out and get more cultured or more drunk or something. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, we're more drunk. <laughs> Just, I need to drink more. Um, so it has gin, demi liqueur di Milano, sparkling wine, orange and pea flower, and it's served in a cut crystal flute complete with smoking dry ice. <laughs> no, thank you. <laughs> that's, that's how I feel. I, I don't... Uh, I typically like sweeter drinks, but like that, that just sounds... Yeah. Uh, my wife Lindsay would probably have that one. Like, wait, who? She would order that, and I would, I would, I would get that one. Like, I would have like a sip. I think that's that's how we get. Okay, all right. So that's a no go. And so the last one is a color changing martini. So 
It sounds pretty safe. <laughs> Until we read the <laughs> Not sure. Okay, so this one, and I'm I'm a vodka martini person myself, um, but this one features gin. I, I don't know if you can substitute. I probably would try. Um, but anyways, gin, ginger liqueur, um, bilure, which I've never heard of and simple syrup. And then, um, a few drops of freshly squeezed lemon juice for the wow factor. And, and like, when does, when, when does it change color? Like as you're pouring it, as you're drinking it? Oh it goodness. Like, yeah. I don't honestly know. It's, I, uh, some of, hmm. Yeah. Like, cause, cause that sounds like it would change color as you make it like that sounds like it'd be more fun to make than to have like yep. you know what i mean like by the part by the time the bartender's brought it it's already changed colors yeah so. well i think it's the the lemon so it says the any high acid ingredient like lemon or lime if you put it at the end of building the cocktail the color shifts from blue to pink or blue to purple so maybe if they hand you the lemon juice wedges and then you yeah. do it at the table yeah. Maybe. Yeah. Okay. I, I like it. It's it's got novelty. It's got uh, doesn't sound like amazing from like the flavor standpoint, but it's simple and it's <laughs> it's simple and gimmicky and memorable. So I'm gonna go with that one. All right. But better than the quality and the depth of <laughs> uh, of the earlier the first drink. Like this one, it's like nope, nope. Color changes, changes color. Pretty. I go for it. All right. <laughs> That one, that one actually sounds good to me. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I, I like to look up like crazy drinks, but I mean, mm -hmm. unless I'm at like some sort of weird vacation destination, I'm not like actively trying to make them or or order them anywhere. I'm like, just just give me something. Yeah, yeah. wine. Becoming one of those, I won't say who this was because this is one of my dearest friends, but they're one of those people where when they see a drink in a movie, that becomes their whole personality for six months. <laughs> like we were at like an apple he, he so so he watched that that's the only hint you get is that they identify as man uh they saw the big lebowski and everywhere we went for six months after that they had to ask for a white russian like why are you asking for that at chili's like come on dude. like we're at chili's like, get a dr pepper like a grown-up and like you know <laughs> Well, I still remember, I don't even know if they do this, the, way back when, when there were like Friday's restaurants everywhere. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, and I think there's still one in the general area somewhere. Mm -hmm. um, but it was this electric lemonade thing that was like just blue, I don't know, blue curacao or something and lemonade or something. But it was blue lemonade, alcoholy, boozy thing. And that was like really popular for a while. Mm -hmm. That was a long time ago. <laughs> no, I think that, yeah, yeah. I don't remember going to Fridays. <laughs> it really wasn't that memorable. It's like chilies or apple. I mean, they were all under the same kind of umbrella of tastiness. Chilies, chilies seems to be winning. I don't think they're all the same. I don't know. <laughs> it is. Bomb. Have you ever been to a chilies? It's a classy place. <laughs> well, I don't. <laughs> I don't know, like if you know, I'm, I'm, I would feel uncomfortable there because I just don't know if I can bring it. <laughs> yeah, oh, that's fair. 
just like, ooh, am I dressed nice enough? Like, do do my pants, like, they have too many holes. I don't know if I can go. There's so much pressure. Yeah, exactly. Like our one art- artist partner, uh, Jillian, said, like, Olive Garden Italian. Like, you know, like, you, you can ask for Olive Garden Italian. <laughs> okay, yeah. That, 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 that Years ago, I heard teenagers, disc- uh, like, was that like a Jimmy John's or something, and teenagers were working? And the one guy was like, yeah, I finally got her to agree to go on a date with me. I was like, I don't know what I should do. And the one guy's like, I got a perfect system for you. Go go to Olive Garden, take her to a movie, and then surprise her with Cold Stone after. Never fails. Like, I was like, yeah, yes, 17-year-old with acne. You have figured it out. <laughs> that's, that's the secret sauce right there. I Who doesn't love Cold Stone, though? I mean... Oh, of, of course. Of course, of course. <laughs> there's, there's one, like, a half mile down the road from us and like it takes our every moment of every day willpower to not just go there oh my gosh i can imagine well and if anybody because we have kind of a global reach so people in other countries may not like understand cold stone and i don't even know if they it's haven't like a... understood any of this and to be fair i <laughs> i've understood about 30 percent of it myself I'm just <laughs> so that's but yeah so, you should explain cold stone so people who don't know what it is can hate us even more. Go ahead. Yes. Yeah. Well, cause it's, I don't know if it's a Midwesty thing. I'll have to like check that out, but um, it's basically like huge, what huge blocks of ice cream that they throw out on slabs and they throw like all these crazy ingredients into it. And then they beat it with like a stick. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. On a giant slab of cold stone. Like, yeah. <laughs> Um, so, on the night and how many college students are there that are venturing in theater uh, they'll sing while they do it too <laughs> seriously oh yeah oh totally the first one I ever went to they were all singing they were they had re- they changed people waiting for us to get to the mystic stuff are like so annoyed right now but I don't care yeah. I'm having a blast <laughs> they, they changed the words from Flintstones to Coldstone like Coldstone eat a Coldstone we're a modern ice cream fan I don't want to see too much more because I don't want you to get flagged for uh, you know Hannah Barbera coming after <laughs> song, uh, or either of us for that matter um, but uh, hey go, all I'd say is go after Coldstone first Oh my god! Yeah, I know. Like that wasn't even a worry of mine, and now I'm all like freaked out. Oh my gosh, they're gonna come after us! No, that's it. It was parody. It was it was under fair use if it's parody, right? Is that how it works? I don't know. Oh my gosh! No, but seriously, there's there's so much um to talk about with like just everything that you've done, and like I don't even know where to start because I mean. Unless you want to kind of, because there's a part of me that's like, what, what the hay with the corn maze? And then there's another part of me that's like, <laughs> oh my God, showtime. And then there's another part of me that's like, but you as a little tiny Joe, like, how did that all come about? Like, yes. where do you uh, want to well, start? So, well, let's start, let's, let's start as, as a little tiny Joe, as you said, I was... I was an only child growing up. I was a weird kid. I, I read Invisible Man when I was like six on a family vacation. Now, now to be clear, it was one of those, um, these are really popular in the 90s, and people either know exactly what I'm talking about, and the image will flash in their heads, or they'll have no idea. Um, but there were these like illustrated, uh, illustrated literature classics, where they had basically... Um, condensed 
classic literature like Invisible Man, Treasure Island, into books where and like one page would be an illustration and what, and then the next page would be like a black and white line drawing and then the next page would be text and the spines were all the same. The title was in red uh, bold print and the author's name was in black print directly underneath it. Uh, and so so yeah, so it was it was modified for younger readers to to uh, consume better. So just to be clear on that. But like, you know, still Invisible Man at age five. Those were still books for like nine and ten year olds and I was five. So (laughs) that's awesome. uh, by the time I got to second grade, I had a twelfth grade reading level, which sounds impressive, but I still have a twelfth grade reading level. I (laughs) I peaked early. And I I did all sorts of stuff as a kid. My great grandmother taught me how to read playing cards, just like tarot cards. Uh, I did improv in high school. I got a magic set when I was younger. Uh, I got hired to do street performing at Six Flags Great America. And, like, they, they basically gave me the, the chance. So Six Flags Great America is the theme park just north of Chicago, uh, for, again, people not in the Midwest. And mm-hmm. they kind of didn't care what I did. They hired me as, like, a, a street magician, because, like, David Blaine was really popular at the time. But, like, by the end of that first summer, I wasn't doing, like, I started off, like, going out, doing some card tricks and doing this. But by the end of that summer, I had stopped doing the magic was doing almost all mind reading stuff. I went out one day and did only palm readings for everyone. I went out one day and I also learned uh, from some friends, some sideshow stuff. So I learned how to like hammer a nail in my nose, uh, my hand in a bear trap. Uh, so yeah, so, so it, it was, it was a desperate cry for help and attention. Uh, <laughs> but I got as, um, as uh, some people say, uh, I think Malcolm Gladwell talked about this, uh, flight time. I got my 10,000 hours in, in those two summers as a teenager, as you know, that's kind of where I learned to be, not only do this stuff for real, but also just learn to be, you know, engaging with people and talk with them and find out what they were interested in Mm -hmm. and what they wanted to see. And it turned out it wasn't always card and coin tricks. And when I could tell someone the name of their, uh, first kiss or their first crush or you know any family member they thought of and i just walked up to them randomly on the street like that was you know that was impactful for people and i kind of figured out like more along those lines of this is what i want to do with my life uh i worked doing shows through college and uh i got hooked up with a show in chicago called the magic cabaret uh which ran for about 10 years it was uh, the longest running weekly magic show uh, in Chicago. And technically, uh, that record will be held for a good long while because, well, unfortunately, because the pandemic this you know, closed a lot of shows in Chicago for the better part of a year to two years. So, like, if someone wants to do that unbroken 10-year run, they are starting from scratch this year. So our, our record's going to be around for a while. Uh, and... My co-star in that show, his name is David Parr. He's done uh, TV appearances on uh, Penn and Teller Fool Us, and he does more storytelling, slayer hand magic, and I would come in and do mind reading. It's kind of like the, you know, uh, variety act co-host of the show. So I would, he would come out and do a piece of magic, and I would come out and hammer a nail in my nose, and then he would do something, and then I would do some mind reading with someone. And... 
so that was another way to have just another a whole bunch of flight time, you know, in a Chicago theater, setting up every day, or setting up every week, striking every week. It was uh, every Wednesday, uh, which, uh, and that, that was a, a blast. I learned a lot and, and built, uh, built a solid stage repertoire in that case. And uh, yeah, and then in 2014, I uh, came across the Dole Mansion. I had grown up in the Crystal Lake area my whole life. And I mean, we, we talked about this uh, when, we, when we first chatted, but the moment I saw that building, it was like, this is it. This is where I've been working towards. This is what I've been waiting for. This is where I need to be. And, oh, yeah. Uh, Angels yeah, sing when you see that place. <laughs> yes, exactly. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And so I've been there uh, doing um, sold out shows. Uh, I have a studio on the second floor that seats 13 people. Uh, and I do weekly mind dream shows there every Friday. And that's been going on since 2016. So five years now. And, wow. uh, and then also I do, you know, I do uh, corporate events. I'll come in and do mind reading shows. I'll I'll do the occasional house party here or there, uh, and I get to appear on super awesome podcasts like this one. So, Woo! <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that's that's the that's the that's the semi not not, not quite the elevator pitch, more the escalator pitch. Uh, it's a little longer. Uh, it's, I it's, love that. It's more the cliff notes of the of the background. So so yeah. So basically, uh, I do shows that combine you know history and. I do some mind reading. I do um, some mental as my dad with like hypnosis and uh, lots of different forms of magic over the years, both, both from a performance magic standpoint and a, a, a ritual standpoint. And we, we've mm-hmm. talked about that as well. We get into some of that as well. Yeah. Uh, and I kind of really like the idea of just finding ways to blur the lines of the magic between life magic and, you know, artistic magic and all all this kind of stuff and i like like if you read some of my trip advisor reviews for the studio show it's funny because some of them you know, my favorite ones are the ones who are like i don't believe in this type of stuff but i can't explain what he did and it's like you know, <laughs> I'm, I'm so happy about that like i'm so happy that like they're like okay if it is a trick i can't it, figure it out. And if it isn't, it's equally as impressive. So I'm, I'm glad that I've been able to kind of find and, and gravitate uh, towards people who are, who are willing to kind of live in that gray area. If that makes oh sense. yeah. So not knowing where, you know, where the show ends and the reality begins. And that's, that's part of the fun of it for me uh, too. Um, and yeah. And that's, that's kind of, what I try to go for with my art, I try to go for mystery. I try to go for uh, like those old Twilight Zone episodes. Sometimes just random supernatural things happen in that show with no rhyme or reason. And sometimes that's exactly what I'm going for in my art form or my shows. Oh my gosh. Well, you really, I mean, you truly are an artist because the, it, you've kind of honed your craft to the point where, yeah, I mean, the lines of reality are blurred and it's just like this just like really awesome kind of thing. Like, I don't know. I think people need more of that in their lives because the day-to-day drudgery of things, like it's just, you know, it, it doesn't, 
everyday life is not very magical. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yes, if you choose to see it that way. I mean, I believe a lot of truly miraculous things do happen every single day. Just most people like to brush it off as just a coincidence. I'm not saying there's always something more, but there could be. And that's, I think, important to remember and uh, to be reminded of. Oh, yeah. Well, and I mean, obviously, there are there are people out there, especially a lot of people that listen to this podcast that are already kind of like, you know, they, they know what, what else is out there and just kind of are working with energy or they're, they're doing, you know, the Oracle cards or everything else. But like your show speaks to a wide range of people and a lot of people that don't normally explore that stuff. You've like found a way to kind of open minds of just, you know, anybody and everybody. And I think that's really cool. Thank you. Yeah. It's, it's definitely, it's definitely a challenge sometimes. I mean, there's definitely people in the show that have been dragged there as a date and they're like, I'm, I'm not into this stuff. And my job is to, I feel like in that show is to try and connect with them as a human being and Mm -hmm. really try to, to at least win them over. And I, 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 do try to, again, at least in, in the sense of my own uh, artistic work, I don't try, because there's a lot of people who are like, oh, he's a skeptic. He doesn't believe in any of this. And so, my goal in the shows isn't necessarily belief. It's not really disbelief either. It's, it's about make-believe and allowing people to come to their own conclusions. I mean, that's the other thing. I've had some people like really corner me and try and ask, like, okay, so... I think this might have happened here, or maybe you were reading this body language there, or maybe you were intuitive there, or just like, ah, it's a trick. I don't know how, but it's it's a trick. And I feel like telling people where that line is it t- removes the, the point of the art. Like, if you watched a movie and you're, you know, the movie really speaks to you, We've seen this a lot with a lot of artists who go back and redo their movies or redo their work or try to recontextualize it. You saw George Lucas do this a lot with uh, Star Wars going back and all of the changing stuff and fans getting mad because like that had, and part of the reason for that was not because they were, you know, oh, this has to be, it's because they had decided in their minds what it had meant to them. And that was the job of the artist, not to make it as perfect solely for that artist but to, to make those to allow those people to ask those own questions and by saying that i've removed that i think a it's fun but i also think it's necessary for people to, to come to terms with this stuff in their in their own work if someone you know if, if I, I i reshared something this is going to sound like a weird tangent but i do this a lot uh, and it'll make sense in a moment. <laughs> I shared on my Instagram. If you go to uh, at your diamond live on Instagram, this is. If you're listening to this uh, live, it'll be one of the most recent posts. But if you listen down the line, not to go through it. I reshared a photo uh, when I was at uh, an art museum in Minneapolis. I was there for the Guillermo del Toro exhibit where he had. Uh, had his collection going from 
uh, museum to museum. And at the end of the exhibit, as you go through this labyrinth of collectibles and memorabilia and comics, he had two wax figures of the Frankenstein uh, creature, Boris Karloff, and the Bride of Frankenstein um, from the Bride of Frankenstein movie. And it was that scene where he's trying to take her hand and she's terrified. That scene that like scared me but also broke my heart ever since I was a little kid was now mm -hmm. in front of me in three dimensions in full color with no window between us. You know, there was a rope, but like it was just feet away, just out of arm's reach. And I just lost it. I started crying. Like, seeing this moment in three dimensions, but also frozen in time in front of me, and it's a heartbreaking moment, and the detail of the art form and all, it just, just got to me. And I, I, I bawled right there in the middle of the museum. Oh, man. And, and if Guillermo del Toro appeared right next to me at that moment and said, oh, no, 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 it's okay. These are fake wax figures. That's not really a creature. He, he was also played by an actor. His name was Boris Karloff. This was for a movie. Like, first of all, no. <laughs> like, that's not, that's not the point of this. <laughs> first of all. And second of all, like, even if he just went, oh, you're not supposed to be sad at this moment. You're supposed uh oh, I think we might be um, having some technical and or, okay. you know at that point it's like no I I had my own moment I experienced this piece of art it spoke mm -hmm. to me on this level and it's not up to someone else to tell me how I need to experience that form of art and I really try to make that clear with with my audiences too I hope that they experience mystery and and fun and and are engaged with it and think about it but I also um hope they can come to their own realizations about themselves and history and, and the paranormal. Well, I think that's a really, I, that's a really cool example to illustrate that point with the, the wax museum figures. And um, I, it's just, yeah, I mean, it's not about deconstructing the elements of everything. It's about the totality of the experience. Sure. I mean, sure. And if I did want to learn about how to make a wax figure, yeah, I'd want to learn how to make all that look as good as possible to mm -hmm. communicate this moment, you know, that, that that's the important thing, the, the emotional content of it, you know, all, all the, you know, all the wrinkles in the pocket, all the lining, all the everything was there to make this as real as possible to communicate that moment in the moment when, when I stood in front of it. That's really cool. I wish I could have seen it. I, I love the. I mean, it must have been really interesting to be kind of inside Guillermo del Toro's head with his collection. Oh, yeah. Oh, it was. I yeah, it was amazing. Um, it was it was worth the drive to Minneapolis for sure. <laughs> Is that like something that's out all the time or no, it was traveling? A traveling it was traveling. Um, there's rumors going around it coming back on the road. Um, now that uh, things are opening up and, and he's done with his, his most recent movie and that'll be coming out soon. Um, which, which, by the way, we, 
his next project is Nightmare Alley. And if anyone is involved with psychics, the paranormal, show business, circus, any of that, anything along those lines, this, like, the, the original movie with Tyrone Power is amazing. And I'm thrilled to see Del Toro's take on it. Um, oh, jeez, yeah. <laughs> um, He's do you go. know the story of it? Uh, no, I do not. Oh, oh, I don't want to spoil anything. Just if, if you can watch it like completely from scratch, it's even better. Um, uh-huh. But uh, but yeah, but definitely, definitely see the original before uh, the Del Toro version. So I'm curious to see what direction he takes it. Okay. And the title of it again is Nightmare. Uh, Nightmare Alley. Okay. Uh, the, the basic premise is it starts off in the carnival with a man learning a fortune telling act from an older couple and the the lengths he goes to and the psychological torment of the act he learns and what happens is it, it, it's great it's great i don't i i think i've given away too much even just with that I, no you haven't i i'm very psyched to see it um it it kind of has it at least for me and you're gonna be like no they're not the same at all but it kind of has like stephen king vibes from like um what was that? It wasn't The Shining. It was like the one after it with the Danny grown up and there's a circus. Oh, Dr. Sleep. Dr. Sleep. Yes. Yeah. A, a little bit from the standpoint of like, you know, the, the, the traveling. I mean, yeah, yeah, a little bit. This is definitely, I mean, it's a different time period and all this other stuff. Um, I love the Dr. Sleep, the scenes where, they were speaking telepathically and being inside each other's minds and all this other stuff. That was like the closest it it's ever been. I've ever seen outside of my own head to what like telepathy and connecting with people and such is like, like, it's like, yeah, this is, this is what it's like. I've never been able to put it into words or make it, you know, simple for, you know, to put into like a story or a movie or something. But this, uh, this movie does it perfectly. Um, oh yeah. Yeah. That was yeah, pretty absolutely. awesome. Um, and I think it was like years ago, it was a um, like TV mini series first. And it was like, yeah, there's a lot of Stephen King stuff like that. Like there's, yeah. a, there's a made for TV movie of the shining. Like oh, that poor actor who had to do the Jack Nicholson character. Like, can you imagine? Like, <laughs> like, hey, we're, we're admitting it was actually right around the same time when they did it as a mini series. Okay. Uh, but um, yeah. So uh, <laughs> you, you have to leave it at that. <laughs> yeah, we can park it there. <laughs> yep. Um. Okay, so I have to ask because I you've been you know you have so many like noteworthy kind of experiences like how did you find yourself on all these places like showtime and you know the the news channels and things like that the news channels were a lot mostly from the from the uh weekly shows in chicago like the theaters would send out press releases and you know once or twice a year we try to get on abc7 and all that stuff Mm -hmm. um I ended up on the Today Show and Showtime completely by accident. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry, like you just stumbled onto the stage, like looking surprised. Like what happened? How'd um, you get there? Um, yes, <laughs> I'm not exaggerating. So okay, so we'll start with Showtime. 
I'm 21, 22, and my friend uh, Bill Cook was doing um, these magic conventions where he would, uh, and he would do an act in their competitions. And what he would do is he would step out on stage and music would start playing and then it would go away and then he would start producing iPods and CDs at his fingertips and each time they appeared and changed colors, the music changed. And mm-hmm. it was six minutes and he was 20 and he was going to Las Vegas to be in a competition at a, a, an event called the World Magic Seminar. And there was a documentary fr- film crew there. And after that uh, document, after that uh, competition, they came back with Bill to uh, the Chicagoland area and filmed him for a couple days. And he's like, yeah, my friend Joe, he's my director on this stuff. He helps me uh, let me know when I'm not communicating my, communicating my character here or, oh, you flashed there, or all this stuff. So there's a lot of that back and forth. So they came to my friend's house and just filmed in his studio uh, all day. And they, they filmed us all day. They wow. Filmed them for four days. They, uh, they had done a documentary before that called King of Kong, which was about the Donkey Kong uh, video game world champions. Yeah. And it's, it's a very good documentary. Very, very uh, um, highly recommend looking into it. And they were now doing this one rather than about video game competitions. They were doing magic competitions. And I didn't think anything would happen with it until that documentary in 2010 won Best Documentary at the L.A. Film Festival and got picked up by Showtime and the Movie Channel. So for about two years, I would get emails every every Saturday and Sunday night because the movie played like every other movie was this documentary on Showtime for about 18 months. Wow. So like every weekend... I'd get an email from someone going, oh my gosh, I was watching this documentary thinking, oh man, I need to tell Joe about this. And then you were in it. <laughs> and then the movie got picked up by Netflix and now it's on Amazon. It's called Make Believe. Uh, if someone wants to find it. I am I'm literally in it for only two minutes, but Neil Patrick Harris is in it for only 45 seconds. So I have more screen time than Neil Patrick Harris. So... That's, so yes, I was just going to my friend's house. Like, yeah, these guys are filming for documentary. They don't know if it'll get made or whatever. They're just filming for this project. Okay. And then, yeah, next thing I know, I'm on Showtime. So <laughs> yes, literally with that. <gasps> that is amazing. And it, in another weird roundabout way, uh, it also happened with uh, the Today Show. So there's a town in Michigan. This is all going to sound made up. But... <laughs> Google me or Google what I say and see if, if you're at all skeptical about what I say, you should. But if you do research, you'll find it. And there's an actual clip of this. Um, I don't know if it's still on the Today Show page, uh, but it's, it's still floating around somewhere. So there's a town in Michigan called Colon, Michigan. That's right. It's called Colon. Okay. It is surrounded by Amish country. And it is the magic capital of the world. Blackstone the Magician uh, had a summer home there. There was a magic manufacturer. And they started having yearly get-togethers of magicians, mentalists, sword swallowers, tarot card readers, all these different people. And I had been going to this since I was a teenager. And that's where I met other uh, psychic entertainers and and learned from them. It's where I... And, and like, the whole town, uh, if you're in the Midwest, if you've ever been to a small town like 
Marengo, Illinois. It's it's like that. It's just in the middle of nowhere. It's, it's, it doesn't even have a stoplight. It has one blinking light at an intersection in downtown. That's it. So I have a true stoplight. <laughs> and I I went uh, in 2015 for just a day and a half because I couldn't go for the full five days that it was going. But I was like, I'm going to go for a day and a half, and I'm going to make it uh, make it worthwhile. Now, you know from the beginning of this, I'm not a big drinker, but I decided to have a couple drinks with my friends, and, you know, and we were all doing stuff. And I started doing stuff for – these friends were all, like, sleight-of-hand magicians, but I was doing intuitive work with the cards. Mm-hmm. So, like, they had no idea. They were looking for the sleight-of-hand and didn't see it. So when I could just, like, name the card they had pulled out of their own deck without me touching it and just, just by, you know, reading them, they were blown away. And people are filming with, like, their iPhones and camcorders and stuff for the, at this convention all the time. And this camera comes over and says, hey, is it okay if we film you for the news? I just figured it was the local news, whatever, fine. That was Saturday. Yeah, Saturday night. I drove home. Or that was Saturday during the day. No, sorry, Friday during the day. I drove home on Saturday, did my show, and then got up the next morning to do another show Sunday. As I'm as I get out of my car at 10 a.m. on Sunday, my phone is blowing up. Turns out that camera crew was from the Today Show. They were doing a piece on that town, and they had used like three clips of me in like this small little segment. Holy so, cow. Yeah, so yes, I stumbled, I, I literally stumbled on those two places. Oh my it's god. It's like, okay, I, I was like, I, 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 like, it was so weird. I'm like, I, and here's the best part, I'm just staring at the video clip over and over going, I'm drunk on the Today Show. I'm <laughs> drunk. Doing <laughs> card tricks on the Today Show. This is, this is weird. This is your life now. This is weird. <laughs> showbiz is weird what can i say um so yeah so i i i lucked out in in those cases um well you are a sagittarius and, uh, what's that you are a sagittarius i think they're like the luckiest sign of the zodiac <sighs> you know like there are moments where i think back it's like i have, I have no business knowing this person or <laughs> being in that situation or like what am i doing here like like I'm, what's happening uh, I do feel very lucky. I do feel very blessed. Um, I do feel that the harder someone works, the luckier they do get. Um, they've actually done scientific studies about how, yeah, pe- lucky people tend to take more chances and say yes to more things. So therefore, just use a baseball analogy, they're getting more chances up at the bat. So of course, they're going to hit the ball more than people who don't. So they just create more opportunities to to be at the bat. That said, like, it, it, it was obviously meant to be on, in many ways because, uh, you know, I, I didn't plan on those. I set the goal of like, okay, I will, I will be on TV every single, every single weekend, uh, four times, four times a night, every single weekend for about 18 months. Like, yeah, that'll, that's a good goal. Like, but it just happened. Like, <laughs> it's, it's, it's weird. It's really weird. Oh my gosh. Well, and okay, you talk about, you know, some of using your intuition and stuff with the cards. And um, I think sometimes you get intuitively drawn to situations and environments that are supposed to help you. 
Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah. yeah, the uh, the when I I think I told you this, but I'll share it with the listeners. When I the reason I found out about the Dole was I was asked when I was doing that show in Chicago, I was asked to donate tickets for this uh, wine and chocolate women's fundraiser. And it turned out it was going to be in Crystal Lake and it was going to be on the way home from another gig I was doing in uh, Lake in the Hills, which is uh, the town right next door to Crystal Lake. So I was like, hey, do you want me to swing by for a little bit? I mean, it's a, it's a charity. You don't have to, you know, it's a charity event. You don't have to pay me. I'll just show up and do stuff for people. In my head, I'm thinking, you know, I can network a little bit. Maybe someone will book me for something. And if it's a dud event, I'll just go home, you know? Mm-hmm. And, uh, I met a woman uh, named Dawn, who at the time was the uh, financial director for the Dole Mansion. And she was like, you need to come be an artist at the Dole. And I I took her card. We emailed. I agreed to go meet her there. And again, when I pulled up to the building to meet her, it was like, yes, here, this is it. So again, if I hadn't, I could have just said, yeah, here's the tickets. Here's the donation. Good luck with your events. If I had just said that, I, I might not be at the dole and we might not be having this conversation right now. That's pretty crazy. I'm I'm glad you took you, you just went out there that day because I mean seriously yeah. I think that it's just uh, the energy of that place is amazing and I think that it's probably like just added to your life by just being oh, yeah. in there. Well, and like part of me is like, oh, I would have found that place eventually. But another part of me is like. I didn't know about that place till my mid twenties, and I've lived in that area my whole life. Like, That's crazy. How how did how was it not calling me sooner? And I think in many ways I wasn't ready for it. Yeah. Um, like I, I don't know if I would. Like that's the other thing. Like if I had heard about it uh, when they had first opened as an arts park, and I'd gone like in my earlier twenties, I don't know if I I might have only been there a year. Like it might not have worked out as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it it worked out. It worked out. I think the way it was meant to. I think I think it's really well put, though, by saying that, you know, you, you didn't know if you were ready for it earlier. I, I think that that's the kind of vibe that I got from it when I moved in there was that I felt like I had to kind of self-actualize to a certain level to be. Um, what's the word I'm looking for? Um to kind of prove myself to that place that I mean, that place has high standards. Yeah. So, I mean, not just, I'm just talking energetically. Like there's a lot of history. There are a lot of, um, Mm -hmm. there are a lot of spirits and it's just like, you know, if you're going to, if you're going to be in there, you got to really bring it. Yeah. Well, and, and you're not wrong. I, again, without saying names, there are some people who just got it because they needed an office space for the year and that was fine. Uh, but there are also people who really wanted to try their hand at doing this stuff and, thought if they built it, they would come and, and people, you know, didn't, you know, they thought, oh, if I just hang up a sign straight in the, in the hallway, I'll sell tickets to this, you know, photography class or this watercolor class. And that's, that's not how it works. You really gotta, like you said, you, you gotta, you gotta bring it. And there's, and you know, the people who have, and, and again, like the, the artists that are there now, it is the fullest it's ever been. Everyone there. Is, is wonderful. This has been like the best. This like th- this is a new golden age for that venue. Um, I don't even like calling it a venue. Um, <laughs> it, it, like it's, it, it is, 
It is, but like at the same time, it's it's truly becoming like a, a, a mini culture slash subculture of its own now. Like this is the first time we've been this many artists, this much diversity in there. Uh not just not just, you know, racially, but also uh or or gender wise, but like you know, people doing all sorts of stuff. It used to be a few like they, they were on the fence on letting me in, I guess, from what I've heard through the grapevine since then, because it it wasn't photography and it wasn't, you know, fine art with watercolors and sculptures. Like it, and like I'm, I'm glad they agreed. I'm glad I got it. Uh, and I, I think that kind of gave other people more wiggle room to come in and, and do stuff. I'm not sure if like, and, I, and I'm not just I'm not just talking about you. I'm talking about like the fact that the board and the people there are so much more open now to like, I don't know if when I had first gotten there, if they would have let someone do like, uh, um, like healing arts. Uh, oh, really? Like, uh, like, yeah. Like, um, healing arts boutique, uh, who, uh, they do massage therapy and yoga and all that stuff. I, I don't know if that would have been able to happen, uh, you know, five yeah. years ago there. That's pretty awesome. Yeah. And the energy healing, like there's a lot of stuff going on there. And um, yeah, it really is a very, very special place. I think that anybody who has the opportunity to check out the Dole Mansion um, for one of your shows or even just to explore the mansion, if they're, you know, not able to make one of your shows right away, I think that it's just a really, really cool place to explore. Yeah, typically, if you drop by during business hours, there's usually someone there. And if you Donate twenty dollars into the donation bin. Usually, someone on staff there will give you a, a penny tour of the of the building. It's it's pretty amazing. That is very um, cool. Yeah, the yeah the whole well. And the other thing too, just like so, from the standpoint of just the history of that place, the fact that it is you know it was built by Charles Gould in the eighteen hundreds, and then Lou Ringling added onto it in the nineteen twenties. Uh, the fact that it genuinely is two houses so huge they're actually connected is is not a joke. It's like, yeah, this is, it makes sense why, and I think that's why so many people get, for lack of a better term, confusing energies from it or confusing vibes. Because like you, on one level, you've got very high-end, you know, Crystal Lake wheat distributor family who lived here. And then circus folk come in and building, you know, all their studios were built for, you know, circus performers ending off season uh, to wow. stay there. And some of the circus animals would stay on the front property. Uh, really? Heard, uh, I found of camels, I think an alligator, uh, definitely. And there was like one or two elephants at certain points. In the <laughs> touring. Yeah. And like, like, yeah, right, right out front. Like, are, like, again, like that, that's amazing. But I think also when you do all that and then you bring Franciscan monks into the picture 30 years later, like, yeah, you're going to get a lot of conflicting energy. Energy. Yeah. And even now, people come up and they're like, what is this place? What is it? It's an art <laughs> What does that mean? Um, <laughs> I kind of view it as a Mecca. Yeah, it's, it's a kind of a, like an art, like a artistic Mecca. Yeah. yeah there's everything from... From, from music to mediumship. I love it. I, oh my gosh. See? Yeah. Very cool. Um, yeah. So 
your upcoming stuff. There's so much. Oh my gosh. And I'm like, oh man, it's already, we've already been almost talking for an hour and like, we didn't even like, there's so much with you. Like we're going to have to do more. We're going to have to do more shows. <laughs> yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, um, <laughs> but just like your upcoming um, uh, October situation, like, yes. So um, if, you are so, so I'm, I, it's very easy for all your listeners. Uh, JoeDiamondLive.com slash Halloween. If you are in the Midwest, I will be doing shows uh, in the Dole Mansion. Uh, I, I'm always at, in my studio, which seats 13 people. That's every week. But October 29th and 30th, I'm doing shows in the main uh, gallery downstairs in the Dole Mansion. They'll seat uh, 50 people. And I'll be doing my full evening uh, mind reading show down there, and I've got uh, I've got some surprises planned. Uh, we're also going to be doing flashlight tours of the mansion immediately after the show. There's only 13 of those. I believe the 29th only has two spots available for that, and uh, I think the 30th has about eight. Last I checked, and both shows are about 50% uh, full already and we're we're recording this in late september like we got another week of september and we're not even into october and the shows are already half full which i'm blown away by and, and humbled by and, and honored by so if you're in the midwest um definitely check that out if you are not in the midwest if you're listening elsewhere on halloween night i'm going to be doing a virtual mind reading show over zoom halloween's on a sunday this year so you won't, there's not going to be a ton of like out and about parties going on. Most people will be home. It'll be at nine o'clock central time. So that will be right around. If you're in the continental U S that'll be right around when trick or treating is ending in each area. Uh, so uh, I, I plan this out. I plan this out, Lauren. <laughs> you did. <laughs> and uh, the, the virtual mind reading show, uh, we're going to be doing some, uh, it starts off with me doing some mind reading with a couple people on screen. We do some, uh, mental telepathy tests with everyone uh, in the in the show virtually. So it, from the comfort of your own home, you'll be able to partake in some stuff. We'll also be doing some, uh, um, we'll also be doing some pendulum work in the, in the virtual show. We'll see Ooh, if uh, the, 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 you'll appreciate my, my show busy ballyhoo for this. I say we get to see if your house is truly haunted <laughs> and uh, we'll use the pendulums to, to talk with the ghosts in your home. So that's really fun on Halloween night. Wow. Um, and then there will be some extra surprises for that. And uh, it's it's per screen. So if you're in a household that has like, you know, two, three, four people in it, uh, one ticket gets all four of you on the show uh, when you're all watching on the screen. You can, you know, with, a, with the last year and a half, um, with all of us working from home and doing virtual events, it couldn't be easier. Everyone knows how to work Zoom now. Uh, when you buy your ticket, you get sent an email. And in that email is the link that you just click on the night of the show. Like, couldn't be easier. Um, it works a little bit better if you've downloaded Zoom, of course, but like, again, 99% of the population has it now, so it's it's pretty simple. If, if my mom can figure it out while she's vacationing and sitting and visiting her uh, cousin down in Florida, anybody can. Um, so uh, so yeah, it's, it's very, very simple and straightforward uh, as, as far as that goes. And then I'm, I'm on all the social medias. I, I, you know, at Joe Diamond live on, on Instagram, YouTube. Um, I'm at the 5,000 friend mark on Facebook. I do have a couple Facebook, uh, 
groups uh, that I that I run. Uh, one specifically for mystery performers. One for just like you know the, the general general public people who see my shows and such. Uh, and then I've got my usual Joe Diamond Live uh, page as well. So uh, so yeah. So if you if, I'm very Googleable. If you Google Joe Joe Diamond, you will find me. Um, <laughs> So, uh, so yeah, so those are, so those are all the things I got coming up. Uh, but again, just joediamondlife.com slash Halloween. You'll be able to, to see all the, all the options there from the virtual to the in-person shows. Um, and I do plan on doing more virtual shows down the line. Cause it's been, it's been so great. Like, again, like with the dole, like, again, I attract a lot of people in the Midwest and some people who travel from out of state specifically to come see me there. That's, that's always humbling. But the fact that like, in a single show on Zoom, I can read the mind of someone in Colorado, someone else in Buenos Aires, someone else in Ireland, and someone else in India, where it's 8.30 in the morning and they're watching my show while having breakfast. Oh. Like, are you, like, that's amazing. So the fact that I've been able to connect with more people who are drawn to this stuff and we're not tied down geographically is, is super, super fun and super fulfilling. Oh, that is really incredible. I think that, um, yeah, there's in some ways this pandemic has really like challenged us to find new ways to do things. And I I think that, yeah, connect. We've had some pleasant surprises because of it. Oh, yeah. I mean, for, for other people, I mean, corporations learned how many meetings really could have been emails. Like the fact that there are now like, you know, options for people to, you know, be a part of events without having to be away from their families as much, I think is, is huge. Like, I I think there's, yes, like, like everything, there's ups and downs, there's hills and valleys, there's positives and negatives, but the thing it, it kind of solidified for me is how much we do not just crave a connection, but need connection. We need to feel connected. Uh, and whether it's, you know, yes. Do, do okay. I, I'm, I'm going to get semi explicit for a moment. Just semi, <laughs> just semi. All right. Um, well, you, well, you've talked, uh, you've talked about, um, your, your ch- tantric work on here, correct? Yes. Okay. All right. So I don't think I'll offend too many people when I say it. I'll, I'll use, I'll use fairly PG terms. Okay. Cause the question um, here, like I'm fine with talking about anything, but the question is, do I need to mark the episode explicit or not? Um, I'm, I'm, I'll, I'll keep it. I'll keep it not. I'll okay. keep it not. Uh, so as, as I'm sure, you know, Making love with someone is one of the deepest and best connections you can form with someone. You, you, you connect physically, emotionally, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And definitely making love with another person who you have that connection with is better than, let's just say, watching a video of two other people doing it. Yes. Right? That would probably it's definitely be more fulfilling. Yeah, but it doesn't stop porn from being a multi-billion-dollar industry. <laughs> you can't always get that connection, so sometimes you need you need something to to fill that gap. Again, I'm trying. I'm trying to keep it clean, Lauren. 
I, I admire how hard you're trying. <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. I, I think I think I got past without you having to mark the episode. Yeah. What do you think? I think it's safe. Yes. I think it's safe. I think it's safe. Um, if your kids knew anything that I was just talking about, they're old enough to get it or that's on, that's on you. You're a bad parent. Like, oh, why, are you, why are you doing this? Uh, and that, but honestly, I kind of feel that way with, with this, like, yes, when people are in the studio, it's, and you know, we're having that connection and there's only 13 people and, Maybe it's an extra dark and spooky night and everything else. That's, you know, that might be like the crown jewel of, you know, the, the connection treasure, but yeah. that doesn't make, that doesn't make the, the fact that again, I can have a connection with someone on the other side of the planet in real time doing that. Like that's still really important. And I think it does still fill a need. Oh yeah, um, and and I think all that and, and you know I mean we can we can get into you know, all this other stuff with technology and ethics and all that other stuff. But I mean, good, bad, or indifferent, we don't have to get into it. But I think you know again, this is just proven we want we want to feel connected with others, and we can do that. We can form a connection. Uh, like again, like I. I might not ever meet Robert Downey Jr. in person. And when I do, it'll definitely be, my emotions will be off the chart, of course. But just because that would happen, it doesn't mean the connection I felt and the emotions I felt watching his other work, whether it be him, you know, sacrificing himself in an Avengers movie or playing Charlie Chaplin, it, it doesn't undo that other work that I experienced through a screen. You know? Yeah, yeah. You know, like, yeah, meeting him, you know, maybe getting a photo, getting his autograph, saying thank you uh, for your work. It's been very inspiring. Yeah, that would be, of course, exceedingly meaningful, but not every single one of his fans are going to be able to have that experience, myself very likely included. But again, it doesn't diminish the fact that I had that connection and it's, it was, or same thing with Guillermo del Toro. Um. So, and that was actually, you had answered already the question that I kind of had because with Zoom and everything, I'm like, is Zoom, because I know there's like Zoom.us and everything, like, is that just for like nationwide? But it is a, it's, you can globally. Yeah, yeah, globally. I, uh, there's a podcast in India uh, called the Creepy Tales podcast uh, that I was on. It was, it's, it's two sisters who tell each other spooky stories they find on the internet and in books and try and creep each other out and. Uh, I was their first, uh, their first guest, and we we recorded that whole episode over Zoom. Um, That's so cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah they're, they're hilarious. I, I, I love their show. <laughs> um. Yeah, I just remember like way back when. Um, this is like the second kind of iteration of this podcast. I did this podcast a decade ago or around that time. Um. And back then, like Skype was really big. Skype was pretty much the only way you could connect with anybody who wasn't local. And it was just uh, just a nightmare. Like there, it, it was always, you know, things were being dropped and like you couldn't hear and the connections were awful. And this is just so much better now. Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, that's the thing too. Like the fact that the fact that we have all these tools to connect across great distances shows how much we cry out for this this type of connection yeah. how, how much we really do need each other 
Um, and, and yeah, like it, to me, it's not, it's, it's not a barrier. I think a lot of people just chose to see, you know, their zoom screens as a wall and it's, you know, yeah, it might not be a door, but it's a pretty decent window. And we can still connect and interact and, and you know, impact each other's lives. I think it's like the window zoom is like the windows in a house where, you know, when you have your work meetings, you're like looking out the laundry room window. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Also, that's the other thing with the zoom shows. I'll say this too. One of the best part about zoom shows, a hundred percent more pets. I, that's awesome. There will be a random cute pet that just walks into frame sometimes. And like that never happened as much as I love the doll. I love the doll. I never want to leave it, but that never happens at the doll. Okay. I'm never just in the middle of the show and then, oh, cute puppy. <laughs> Have you challenged anyone? Like, are there any costume contests for pets yet? Uh, like in the Zoom shows? Yeah. Um, I encourage people to, to dress up in their favorite costumes uh, for the Zoom show for Halloween. People did last year for Halloween. Uh, and if they want to, yeah, that, that'd be a blast. That'd be great. Um, so, ooh, okay. Uh, I, I know we're going to have to wrap up here in a moment, but I just remembered this story. It's from Halloween, and it, it's I, I just realized it has happened. I did get interrupted once before the, the Zoom era uh, by an animal, and it was on Halloween. Okay. So I was doing a, a show for high schoolers, uh, and they um, uh, I want I want to tread lightly with this. So so the school was it was it was for artistic, uh, maybe not like criminal kids, but like kids who definitely have problems in public school. Okay. Um, so they were going to the school. Um, that's kind of the best way I can describe it. An so alternative it was, school. Yeah. Yeah. So like it was the whole school, but it was only about 75, maybe 50 kids and they're, they're decked out in their costumes and it's on Halloween. I remember I was doing the show on Halloween and I just finished a piece and I start going into the next mind reading routine and I start the script and right in front of my face, down from the ceiling comes a itsy bitsy spider. Okay. <laughs> and I stop and I, I realize they don't see it. Cause I'm still like, we're all in the same room, but they're a little too far. They just don't see it. It just looks like I zoned out and started looking at this random girl. And I'm like, <laughs> no, no, not you. It, look, it, it's a spider. And I point right at it and I kind of move out of the way so they can see it. Cause the wall behind me was lighter and they all like gasp. It was like I had made like like I had manifested this creature of the night during my <laughs> during my Halloween mind reading show. And then the one teacher came over and grabbed it by the thread and me and some of the girls were like, Don't kill it, don't kill it. It's like, fine, I'll take it outside. That the principal's probably a little annoyed with me, but it was but yeah, but it was so that is one time I was interrupted by a a, a cute animal in a live show. Um, oh my gosh. Before That's pre-zoom days um but that's the only other that's the only other time i can think of a spider crashed your party yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's awesome <laughs> well and spiders like i know as a um like with native american beliefs and everything spiders had a lot of there were a lot of wonderful qualities about spiders mm -hmm. and so and i think like didn't a spider give birth to the world or something 
I, that I don't know. I mean, I, I'm Mother still trying to the fact that we're on a tortoise's back. Like, I'm still trying to. I'm still trying to get back. It, we brought it back from Stephen King. We we brought it back. Um, but but uh, yeah, I'm not a hundred percent sure on that. I'm that that I'm I'm not I'm not as mu- up on my mythology as I probably should. Oh, yeah, unfortunately. Well, not unfortunately. I loved reading up and and how many commonalities there were between all the different um, groups of people, regardless of whether they had access to each other or not. They all seemed to come up with the same stories. And I thought that was really incredible. (laughs) Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, Yeah, the, the big thing with me growing up was just like, again, I we've talked about this before, too. I grew up in a very religious school. And so, like, when I started learning about other religions, it was like, wait, they're saying to love thy neighbor, too. Huh. <laughs> what a surprise. It's odd. <laughs> That's so funny. So um, before we go, I just had a brainstorm and we'll, we'll have to talk about this more off air. Um, but I'm just like, you know, because I remember uh, there's I think I saw a YouTube video about like the haunted places in Lake County. Mm-hmm. And I, I'd gone to a number of them myself, but I think that that would actually be a cool road trip if there was like a way to podcast and then just kind of like explore and then hear like, you know, your thoughts on different places. And like, if I'm picking up any energy and just like, cause there's cemeteries around here, there's houses, there's, um, some like cool outdoor places it would just be really fun to check those out sure absolutely i'm i'm down um cool i'm I'm totally down that'd be a blast Um, so yeah i mean you've got a very tight schedule i know with october but um yeah let's see if there's any way we can squeak something in because that would be like so fun and i i haven't done really many on the road podcasts so i have to kind of look into the particulars of that but that would be really cool yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. That'd be uh that'd be a total blast. Woohoo. <laughs> All right. Well, do you have anything else that you want everybody to know before we kind of end our magical uh, evening? Yes, uh JoeDiamondLive.com slash Halloween. Uh oh, do we uh do we have time to do something with the listeners? We we can. I'm I'm sitting there going, oh no! I know you had brought up something before, and I'm like, should I have been prepared? I don't have anything with oh, me. Oh no, that no, okay? that's fine. Uh, I'll tell you what. Uh, do you have Do you have like a deck of cards? It can even be tarot cards nearby. Oh, um, okay. I do have my tarot cards. Okay. All right. So, um, <laughs> if people want to stick around, uh, we'll do something. You don't need a full deck. You just need ten of them. Any ten. Yeah, any 10 cards. Uh, these can be playing cards, Uno cards. Uh, if you're listening at work or something, uh, you can just grab 10 note cards or business cards even. Uh, okay, I have to ask one more question. Because, okay, like, can I use, like, any random tarot cards with a major arcana, or do I need to pick ones with numbers? Uh, you, it can be it can be major arcana, minor arcana. It can be okay. Uno cards. You could have a playing card, an Uno card, a tarot card. It'll all be fine. Okay. Um, yeah, so they can be, uh, for this, can be any kind of 10 cards while, while you're gathering those 10 and while the listeners are gathering those 10, or, um, if they're doing chores or something or driving in the car, uh, come back and listen to this later. Uh, it'll be <laughs> worth it to actually follow along with us. Well, and um, I want to qualify one thing I, I'm like, you know, the major arcana, they do have numbers, <laughs> but oh, I yeah, was yeah, meaning, yeah. 
I was meaning like just you know like the because they they took the major arcana off of it to make like the playing card deck. So I'm like, do I need yes, to take? Yeah, yeah, it can be. Yeah. Yep, it can be any any ten okay. cards. It can be major okay. and minors, all major, all minor. Uh, again, playing cards, you know, cards. Uh, one of my favorite uh, tarot cards is the Magician card, uh, particularly from the Rider Waite Smith deck. Uh, I'm sure your listeners are familiar with it, so I don't need to do what I normally do in shows and pull it up as a, as a visual aid. Uh, but uh, the Magician uh, has a one hand pointing towards the heaven, one hand pointing towards the earth. And they, they represent power and control over the world around us. And that's one of the big things we've really been wanting in the last year. We've all wished we had more power and control in this crazy, crazy uh, time in history. So we're going to use these 10 cards to do a little uh, interactive mystery or ritual to awaken the magician in all of us. Now, at Ooh. this point, everyone should have their 10 cards and they sh- uh, can give them a mix if they want. Uh, and you can give your cards a mix right now, Lauren. Okay. And let me know when you are done mixing. I'll just keep mixing mine until you say that you are done. And then when you're done mixing them, just hold them face down uh, in your dominant hand for right now. Oh, dominant hand. Got it. All right. I'm left-handed for the people out there that don't know ah, this. <laughs> perfect. perfect. Oh, there we go. All right. There's not as many of you left-handers, but you do statistically outlive us right-handed folks. So oh, see, I did not know that because I know we're more prone to accidents. Yeah, there you go. So uh, at this point, is there anything I could know about the cards in your hand? What do you mean? Like, could I know, like, the order or what 10 cards you have or anything? Uh, no, there's no way we're not. No, no there's nothing I can know about those cards. No. Well, well there's one thing I know. Okay. Uh, I know you have 10 of them. <laughs> True. So I don't even want to know that. So get rid of a couple. Now, don't get rid of just one. Get rid of at least two. Make it a little harder. But at the same okay. time, don't get rid of too many. You'll need at least like four cards left in your hand to work with. So this will still be impressive. Uh, okay. But you don't have to tell me how many cards you're getting rid of. And everyone listening, follow along with Lauren and I. Get rid of some cards. And then uh, hold the remaining cards face down in your hand. You can even give them one more shuffle if you want. And again, Lauren, just tell me when you are done doing that. Okay, one sec. Okay, yeah, yeah. Set them aside. Uh, We won't need them anymore. You can set them aside with the rest of the cards. You will need a small uh, space in front of you to deal them, but not. You're not going to have to do like a full tarot spread. Just a just a a couple, uh, just a small pile. Okay. Set all the cards down. Okay, you ready? Okay, so you have some cards left in your hand. You started with 10, but you got rid of some, and now no one knows how many cards you have. I don't know. I can't know how many you have. I can't know how many your listeners all have. This mm-hmm. will even work if someone's listening back on listening to the recording. Uh, the cards are face down in your hand right now, correct? Correct. Pick up the whole packet and look at the bottom card and remember it. Now, if you're one of those people who are uh, one of the listeners who have business cards or note cards, Take up a pen and just draw an X on that bottom card. For everyone else, just remember what it is. Um, and then place the cards back face down in your hand. And commit that card to memory. Don't forget it. Uh, seriously, if you don't remember it, the end of this isn't going to make any sense. Okay. Are you ready, Lauren? Yep. All right, we're going to cast a spell. It's going to be very simple. We're going to spell the word magician, just like at the bottom 
of the Magician card of the Rider-Waite-Smith deck. So take the top card and uh, just move the top card to the bottom and say M. Do I have to say that out loud? Yeah. Okay, M. That's the first letter of the word magician. Take the next top card and move it to the bottom and say A. A. Keep going spelling the word magician. The next card, the next letter is... G. G. Next card, next letter. Okay, I'm I. sorry. I'm like really slow. I. <laughs> okay, I. That's okay. That's okay. Uh, move the next top card to the bottom and say C. Okay, C. Move the next top card to the bottom and say I. I. Next top card to the bottom and say A. A. And then move the top card to the bottom and say N. N. So we just cast a spell. We just spelled the word magician. We moved cards as we okay. did that, mixing up the packet and our We have one more ritual to do. Uh, okay. The magician card has one hand pointing towards the heaven, one hand pointing towards the earth. They're actually saying as above, so below. Uh, I don't know if you know this, but uh, Pamela Coleman-Smith, uh, Pixie, the artist who designed the Rider-Waite-Smith deck, she claims she got that idea from the Lord's Prayer on earth as it is in heaven, as above, so below. Oh, so yeah. take the top card of your packet, keep mm -hmm. it face down, and just deal it to the table and say, as above. Okay. As above. Yeah. Now take the new top card and move it to the bottom of that packet in your hand and say, okay. so below. So below. Perfect. Do it again. Deal the top card to the table, as above. Okay. As above. And deal the new top card to the bottom of your packet saying, so below. So below. So keep doing that, and eventually you'll be down to one card in your hand. As above, okay, so as below. Above. As above, so below. When you get down so to below. one card, don't look at it. Just hold it between your hands when you're down to one card. As above, all right. So below. Okay, so wait. When I, I have two left, so I'm going to... Move one to the bottom. And yep, yep. Did you, did you, did you deal one already? I have, I was just about to deal the last card and then there's one left. Do I yep, deal? Yep. So deal that last card and then hold it between your hands. So as long as you did the, so below in between, right? Yep. All right. Finger, fingers crossed. We'll see if we, uh, we'll see if we did this right. Okay. Now say the final uh, mystical phrase. I give myself permission to be powerful. Okay. Ooh, that's pretty awesome. I give myself permission to be powerful. And let's see if it worked. Take a look at the card in your hand. You should be holding your card in your hand. Yes, I am. And it's yes. actually, it's a really cool card. What'd you get? I got the strength card. Yes. Very powerful. Yes, yes, yes. Got a lion. Awesome. <laughs> so perfect. So there you go. That card can now be an amulet or talisman for you or your listeners. You may keep it with you and go forth and continue to accomplish the impossible in your life. That is so wonderful. You're going to make me cry. Oh, <laughs> That's like so beautiful. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that with everybody. Like that is really, really an, an awesome thing. Thank you. Thank you so much. Man. All right. So yeah, definitely. If anybody has the opportunity, opportunity, I can't even talk now uh, so to check okay. out. <laughs> I'll, I'll, 
I'll take I'll take I'll take this over for you while you have your moments. Uh, <laughs> it gets weirder in my live and virtual shows. Uh, well, the virtual shows are live; they're just not in person. So uh, the virtual and in person shows they all happen in real time. Uh, JoeDiamondLive.com and JoeDiamondLive.com/slash/Halloween if you uh, want to see how weird it gets. Uh, October 29th, 30th, and 31st. Awesome. Wow. Well, it's been a really, really wonderful talking with you. Thank you, Lauren. Yeah, let's definitely do haunted locations. Definitely let me know when you... uh, when you want to do uh, when you want to do more stuff, because the answer is yes. I love this. This is a blast. Yay. Listening to the the back catalog of episodes you have and getting <laughs> caught up, and it's it's great. I'm glad I'm glad you're you know we're neighbors and fellow mystics of the duel. I'm glad we know each other, and I'm excited to see what's uh, what's going to happen next. Oh, me too. Me too. Thank you so, so much for being on tonight. And um, yeah, just I, you really are an enigma, Joe Diamond. So thank um, you. I'm an enigma (laughs) wrapped in a wrapped in a mystery wrapped in a tasty pita. Why the pita? That's the mystery. (laughs) You're dangerously close to the uh, Taco Town kind of commercial. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Uh, Thank you again, Lauren. (laughs) <laughs> All right. So everybody out there, um, definitely check Joe, Joe Diamond out um, on his website. And in the meantime, I hope everybody has a wonderful, wonderful night and stay mystical.